A continent's love, a people changing the world. You're listening to the Voice of Africa podcast. We unearth compelling stories of trailblazers across disciplines of African descent. Learn from their strategies, challenges, and successes as you build your own vision-driven future. Hi there. In this interview, meet Simi Dre. In this podcast, we discuss her life, career being an actress, TV and radio presenter personality, and how experience can foreshadow your success. Let's get right into it. Welcome to TVOA podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us who goes by the name of Miss Simi Dre. She is a Nigerian TV and radio personality. So Miss Simi, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. So like you said, my name is Simi Dre. I am a multi-award winning broadcaster and an actor. Um, so I started my career when I finished university about five, six years ago. Um, I studied in the UK, moved to Nigeria and literally started working in the media space. And it's been an incredible journey so far. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you, you've mentioned that you know, you're an award winning you know, broadcaster and radio personality. Um, are there any role models you had, you know, growing up or getting into this industry? Yeah, I mean, the presenters that I looked up to, my mom, let me say, she's my first role model because she always pushed me and encouraged me. Um, but the presenters I looked up to were, I mean, the late Dan Foster, who happened to become my friend um, about two years ago. Um, I also looked up to some presenters in the UK as well. There was Bernie Cotton, Alan Carr. I loved how they were, they were just very bubbly. And whenever I watched them on my television screen, I felt a sort of connection with them. And that was what I wanted to sort of, that was a skill I wanted to have as well as I grew up. So, you know, throughout your professional and educational career, have you ever felt like you've had to defy people's assumptions or expectations based on your gender or your race? Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad anymore, maybe because I'm more experienced or maybe because, you know, times are changing. But there was a little bit of um, gender discrimination. There were people who would see me because I started when I was in my early 20s. Okay. There were men who would see me and feel that I was an easy target or easy prey. Because when I first came to Nigeria, I literally knew nobody. I didn't know anything about the industry here. Um, and this was, it was my first time living in Lagos. So there were people who did try to take advantage of me because um, I was a woman, right. but I managed to stand my ground, say like, I'm going to move forward based on merit and not what I can give to you. Uh, I was able to do that. I lost uh, some jobs along the way, but the ones I've gotten, I know that I deserve. So how do you go about, you know, encouraging women in your particular industry, you know, especially you know, in an industry that is dominated by men? Yeah. I mean, if you feel you can do it, then go ahead. Nothing can stop you apart from yourself. And yes, it's a male-dominated industry because not a lot of women have gone into it. So the way to sort of flip the table is for more women to go into it. 
So I always encourage people when you're in school, that is the best period for you. Get as much work experience as you can. Go to whatever radio station, whatever television station, hand in your CV and say, I just want to work here for a month. You don't have to pay me. To be honest, you probably won't be paid. But by the time you graduate, at least you'll have something on your CV right. and when it's time to look for a job. Because people, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a vicious cycle. People want you to have experience um, when you apply for jobs, but you never really no, have experience so until you get a job. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, especially with me, I was yeah. applying. Um, before I started the Voice of Fabric, I had finished school and you know, I applied to these places that they expect like, 20 years experience from you coming right out of the school and stuff like that. It's like crazy. Like how can that ever, I think it's really not possible at all. Exactly. <laughs> so what's your favorite part of your job? Um, I think it's meeting new people and of course traveling for free. <laughs> um, so because of my job, I've been able to explore various parts of Africa that I never did before. I mean, right. normally when I travel or go on holiday, I go to Europe or America with my friends, but my job actually took me to South Africa, to Kenya. I mean, there are so many incredible countries we have on this continent. It's right. fantastic. And the people I've met, oh my goodness, not just celebrities, but entrepreneurs, people who have inspired me, people who I look up to, um, and people who just like visionaries, you know, people who just have strong visions and um, want to do incredible things. And it's amazing being surrounded by that sort of energy. Right. So this is like not part of our list of questions, but what would you rate uh, as your favorite country, apart from Nigeria, of course? My favorite country. Ooh, that's, that's a tough. hard one, isn't it? <laughs> that's really tough. Um, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Okay. I'm going to say my favorite country far yeah. is Cuba. And that's just because I was there when I was um, with my sister. And you can see there's a lot of African influence um, right. in the country as well. But it was just so magical. We were dancing salsa um, on the beach in the moonlight. It was, it was beautiful. And maybe one day I'll go there with a partner because it's super romantic. <laughs> so what's the, you know, the social aspect <laughs> of your job role? Yeah. Oh, the social aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my job is very, very social. Um, it's crazy. As soon as I'm on radio or as soon as I'm on television, there's always somebody I'll uh, interact with. Um, so I always say to be a presenter, you need to be a good actor as well, because even if you're having a bad day, the minute the microphone is on or the camera is on, you've got to put on that smile and you know have a good conversation if you're speaking to somebody that you don't like you can't let your own personal opinions um <laughs> exactly <laughs> you can't let your own personal opinions show you have to literally pretend as if your guest is you know this king or queen here and treat them with respect so it is very social the times when my friends will call me to go out and i'll say look just come from work. I've just finished speaking to so many people. I think I need some me time right now. Um, but it's all about finding that balance, being able to have time set aside for yourself um, apart from work. Right. So, you know, you're a TV presenter, you are an actress and a model. How do you do it all? Um, so modeling, to be honest, has sort of taken a back step at the moment, but I'm not gonna lie. I mean, if you want to do more than one thing, you are going to spend 
a lot of hours awake and not have a lot of sleep. There are times when, you know, things are pretty easy and laid back. I have time on my hands, but there are times when, and I kid you not, um, there was a time when I was literally from about two o'clock in the afternoon till 4 a.m. the next day for television. Then I had to drive to my radio show, which started at six. Um, and I was there till about two o'clock. And then I had a fitting for an event. So I didn't literally sleep for 24 hours. Jeez. But it was worth it. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> Thank you for makeup <laughs> to cover the bags. <laughs> so what made you pick this profession as, you know, pick this industry as a profession? I mean, I, I think I picked the profession pretty, so when I was younger um, and I was thinking about what I want to study in university, I told my parents that I loved acting, that I would probably want to study drama. And as proper African parents, they said, no, nah, go and get proper that. degree. <laughs> they wanted me to study. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So because I'm artistic, they said, why don't you go and study architecture? Because then you can design. You're very creative. And I was like, okay, cool. The only problem is I was rubbish at maths. And you kind of need maths to be able to build and draw buildings. <laughs> um, so I failed that and I was thinking about what to do. And my grandmother was like, why don't you study medicine? And I hate blood. I hate, ooh, whenever I, I watch a medical country on television, I get squeamish and like, ooh, no, I hate it. Um, but I went into psychology instead in my A-levels. Um, and I was good at psychology, I enjoyed psychology, and I literally sent out my applications to all universities to study psychology in university. After I'd gotten my admission back, I sat down and I was like, you know what? I don't think I wanna deal with people's problems for the rest of my life. Right. Um, that's the burden. So yeah. <laughs> so I was in the UK at the moment and I literally went through a list of every single course offered in all of the universities in the UK. And I saw broadcasting journalism and communications. And I was like, you know what, why not? Um, so in my course, um, we learned broadcasting, we learned um, television and radio and um, newspaper journalism. Um, we learned PR and um, that sort of thing. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And I got work experience at the local radio station, um, which I, anchored for about a year and a half. I got work experience at um, a television station in Nigeria as well. And I was like, you know what, this is it. This is my career path. This was the happiest I'd felt. And I knew that this was what I was meant to do. Oh, that's huge. So did you consult your parents before making that decision or you just like went behind their back and did it? I mean, they knew about it. Um, they knew about what I wanted to do and they supported, yeah, they supported me. It was just that about three years ago or two and a half years ago, my dad called and he was like, so hmm, when are you going to get a proper job? <laughs> and I was like, say what, dad? This is a proper job. I think at the end of the day, you know, your parents just want to see you do well. They just want to um, see you make something of yourself. And I stuck at it and I hustled hard um, until, you know, they were like, 
okay, we see you, we see you. Now, okay. um, you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. When I was like completely independent of them and I was doing my own thing and they were like, okay, fine, you're good. We trust you. It's fine. You are still listening to the Voice of Africa podcast, unveiling a continent to love, a people changing the world. In the rest of the interview, Simi talks about the role experience plays in determining and maintaining your success. Stay tuned. So how long have you been at the Beat 999FM and how can one be a guest or tune in to your show? Yeah, so I've been at the beach for about three years now. You can tune in on radio. You can just turn the dial to 999, 99.9. Um, if you don't have a radio set or if you're out of the country, then you can literally go onto the BTM's website um, and you'll find a link there where you can listen live. And we even have an app as well. So you can download that on the App Store, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Um, and you can listen, listen live to our programs. That's huge. So yeah, congrats on being, you know, on the cover of Aura magazine. I saw that on your Instagram a while back and, you know, that's huge. Can you explain the feeling of seeing yourself on like the front of the magazine cover? I mean, I'm highly critical of myself. And I remember when I got there, they were like, okay, um, these are some of the swimsuits we want you to wear. And I was thinking to myself, hmm, just ate a last night. <laughs> so um yeah i mean it was ama- it was an amazing experience um you know i was completely proud of myself and my achievements the team i worked with were fantastic the photo shoot was amazing the pictures came out to be perfect nobody noticed i was a little bit bloated but it's all good um but yeah it was an incredible experience <laughs> so can you explain what your first award was and how did that you know form of recognition you know, influence you to work harder? Yeah. So my first award was within the first year of my career. That was the Trek Africa Women of the Year Awards um, for Best Television Presenter. Yeah. Um, That was in 2015. And I remember getting the award and thinking, oh my goodness, me? I mean, do I deserve this? Am I worthy of this? Because like I said, it was still my first year and I still felt like I was an up and coming presenter. Like I hadn't landed yet. I hadn't made it yet. Um, but getting that award, you know, made me realize that I am good at what I do. Um, and it just gave me that little encouragement, that little um, extra push to achieve more. I did have people who questioned it. They were like, oh, did you know the owners? Did you know Kiniko Kiniko? Because a lot of my friends or colleagues in the industry were surprised that I had gotten an award so early on in my career. But nope. I literally got an email telling me I'd been nominated for the award. I went to the event and um, they presented it to me. And they even called me to host their event um, four years ago, yeah. Can you speak some more on being nominated for different type of awards? I know you were just um, nominated or just won, actually. The Future Africa, is it OAP award? Yeah, yeah. The um, Future Africa award for best OAP television and radio. Um, I've also had an Eloy nomination, the Exquisite Lady of the Year Awards. The funny thing is the Eloys and the Future Awards were on the same day um, last year. So I remember actually having two dresses and having to change in the car 
But I was panicking because I was like, look, I made so much noise on social media about being nominated for these two awards that happened on the same day. If I lose both of them, it's going to be a little bit embarrassing. Right. Um, but I got the Future Award. And I mean, that is literally the biggest or one of the biggest awards in, in Nigeria. Um, my friends who have won it before in the past have said that once you win the Future Awards, I mean, there's nothing else. It's, it's now time for international awards. <laughs> so getting that award was, yeah, you know, <laughs> getting that award was huge for me. I mean, um, the Future Awards is not just an award. It's a, it's a platform for um, winners as well to make a difference. And they've opened so many doors for me. Um, where I've been able to speak to people in government, um, where I've been able to speak to, um, you know, so many people and have so many opportunities from it. So it's been incredible. I still have like my little shelf. I have all my awards. And sometimes I look at it and I'm just like, is this me? Is this the little shy girl of yesterday, you know, winning these awards? And tell myself no matter what I'm still going to be down to earth I'm not going to let get big-headed about it because even though I've gotten these awards I don't feel there's anything as a perfect presenter I feel that every day you learn something new and as media changes your presenting style should change and you should just keep on improving yourself so I don't feel like I've landed yet um, but I am happy to have had you know recognition along the way so yeah, like you just mentioned, you won an award your first year. What, do you have any stories of personal hardship, you know, getting accustomed into the industry or was it just pretty, pretty easy for you all around? I, yeah, it was, it was difficult for me, I'm not going to lie, because I had literally just moved to a new country, a new city. My family, so I'm Nigerian, but my family is from Ibadan, which is a couple of hours away from Lagos, where I am. So I didn't know anybody in Lagos. Um, I remember when I did my first contract, because the currency was different, I didn't know what, um, how much people got paid or what to expect. And I asked my parents and they knew nothing about it because nobody in my family had ever worked in the media industry before. So I remember my first contract, I was way underpaid, um, but I mean, I'd signed it and um, I had to stick with it for, <laughs> for a certain period of time. Um, I also remember, oh, I've had stories, yeah. I remember <laughs> trying to get an apartment with, <laughs> with a friend. And I was so naive about this because Normally, when you get an apartment in Nigeria, you should make sure the apartment is finished. But the apartment we were trying to rent wasn't finished. And the landlord told us that if we paid now, it would be done quicker than expected. And we were like, okay, cool, no problem. Yeah, um, we paid in June. We didn't move in up until September, even though he told us by the end of June, beginning of July, we could move in. But we moved in in September. There was no water running from the taps. Um, oh my goodness, it was, it was a nightmare. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, just adjusting to um, you know, this new country and how things work and how to be streetwise now. I'm a lot more streetwise than when I was back in the day. Um, 
I am not as naive anymore. So when it comes to dealing with contracts, um, I know what to expect and um, I have people to look over these things so nobody can really cheat me. I know my value and my worth and, um, you know, I, I stick by it. So I'm a lot more self-assured than when I was back in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One year without water running from your taps. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what projects have you worked on that you felt most passionate or most enriched by in your journey so far? Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but it's every project I've worked on, you know, has been part of the journey. And I've been passionate about any project I'm, I'm, I'm given. I mean, I have been given so many great opportunities and I feel like, Whenever you go giving, given an opportunity, you need to do your best and put your all in it. Um, at the moment, though, what I am working on, which is something I am really passionate about, is the Cine Dre Presenter Training Academy. Because I get so many DMs and people messaging me um, saying that they want to get into the, the industry. Um, they ask me about what school they should go to um, to become a good presenter. So I am launching my website where I will be training um, people to become presenters and enter the media world. Um, and that should be happening next month. How is that process going to go? Like, like if I want to apply or anyone watching this wants to apply, how would they go about doing that? Um, so, I mean, it's been a really interesting project. It's been quite eye-opening for me because I've had to take myself back to the basics. Um, I've had to go through my old um, books from university and go through, you know, the different things we were taught um, back in school, because I am privileged to have studied broadcasting for three years in school. And then I have my own experience five years in the industry as well, which I've merged together. So the funny thing is, as I'm going back and teaching these people, I'm learning from it as well. And there are also tips on how to even become a presenter, even when you don't have a platform behind behind you because I do understand that the world we live in right now is hard. The media industry is very demanding and it's very competitive. There's so many people who are trying to break into it. Um, so through my courses, I will teach people how to break into the industry even without a um, media platform hiring you. You can do things yourself. Right. What do you think sets you apart from your competitors? One thing I get told, um, which I'm super flattered by, is that I am super down to earth and just easy to work with. And um, that has been like a saving grace for me. Um, a lot of producers and directors have come to me and said that I hired you for this because not only are you good, you're just, you know, such a light to work with. You don't give me any drama, any hassle. Um, I'm the kind of person who... I always have, a, I generally always have a smile on my face. And if you do work in production, if you do know anything about production, especially in Nigeria, things don't always go to plan. It can, woo, <laughs> so many things can go wrong um, in such a short period of time. Um, but despite that, there's always a level of professionalism that I maintain. Um, and like I said, I don't like to get big headed about anything. I'm very down to earth, very bubbly. And I think I've relatively stayed the same throughout um, my years as a presenter. Has it been difficult to maintain success in this industry? In the media industry, not just for me, for absolutely everybody, it is 
difficult, it is difficult to maintain success. I mean, you look at Hollywood, for example, and there are so many has-beens. They were big last year, but this year nobody's talking about them. And, you know, I'm the, I'm the kind of person, if I had a choice, I probably wouldn't be on social media. I would maybe have an account and not post anything and just stalk other people. But the thing is, <laughs> if you want to be successful um, in the media industry, if you want to stay successful, you need to make sure your presence is always there. Your presence is always known. You can't really just hide in the, in the background. Um, so that's something that I've been working on a lot, just you know, pushing myself and pushing my presence as well. Because I think now for media personalities, for anybody in the media, um, instead of your CV, it's all about social media. It's all about um, your following and how much impact you can make online as well. Right. So, you know, away from the media industry and diving into Africa, how would you wish to see the future of Africa in general? I think that big things are happening in the media industry in Africa. I mean, when... I first started out, the opportunities we have now weren't there at all. I mean, um, Netflix has partnered with Nigeria and that's been a huge thing for the Nigeria movie industry. I filmed a TV series in, at the end of 2015 um, and people were able to watch it on the Nigerian television stations. And um, it's only recently been put on Netflix and now you know, it's picked up steam all over again. People all over the world are watching it and sending me messages that, oh my goodness, I caught you on Netflix. And that's huge as well. Our music industry has done so much as well to put Nigeria on the map. Um, seeing collaborations with Nigerian artists and international artists, it's been incredible. So I feel the media industry in Nigeria is going the right way. I still feel we need a lot more funding um, there are productions, both television productions um, and film, where we know more money could be put into this. Normally in America, when you film a movie, you're on set for months on end. But in Nigeria, because of the tight budgets, we film, and, and this is the truth, we film movies, we can film movies in two weeks. Um, so I feel if there's a lot more investment in it, the Nollywood industry makes so much money. Um, you know, it makes so much money. And if we had more investments, we could make a ton more, especially now that all these international avenues and platforms like Netflix are opening up to us. Right. So how can, you know, Nigerian or African actresses in general command more money or respect otherwise? I think times are changing because back in the day, Nigerian or African, I, I can only speak for Nigerian actresses, not really African actresses, but I know, um, Nigerian actresses were looked at as um, prostitutes and so on back in the day. Um, I know that when girls would say they wanted, to be, they wanted to be an actress, their parents would be against it just because of the sort of um, ideologies and stigmas it came with. I feel now that we have people like Genevieve, who I think she was the first Nigerian actress to actually you know, partner with Netflix and create um, that incredible movie. You know, people doing things like, exactly, Lionheart, people doing things like that and, you know, sort of paving the way for this generation and the next generation to come. And I feel Nigerian actresses, they should just keep on doing what they're doing, keep on pushing hard, 
um, no matter how difficult things seem to be and no matter how male-dominated an um, industry is, just keep on pushing and pushing and doing your best. Now we have people like Mo Abudu, who, um, when she launched Ebony Light Television, she did specifically intend for it to be all about women empowerment. And the TV series I did that's on Netflix um, was by her. It was all about a woman becoming governor as well. So I feel like if we have more women in the media industry, um, actually even behind the scenes as well and pulling the strings, then um, it just makes it a safer environment for women generally. And it helps to command more respect for us too. For sure, for sure. So how can the Voice of Africa, you know, support your causes and the projects that you have? I feel, you know, what you're doing now is perfect, giving us a platform to speak about our industry and um, the things we're doing as well. It, it's huge, to be honest. I mean, because at the end of the day, we are a country, we are the media industry, we want our voices to be heard. So any platform that's willing to listen to our voices and let us be heard and let us be speak is something that's always, um, you know, makes a, something that creates a positive impact all the time for us. So thank you for... Thank you for this interview, actually. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. <laughs> Last question is, how can, you know, one that is aspiring to be in your shoes right now, following your footsteps, what advice would you have for them? Okay, okay so like I said beforehand, and I will say it again because it's super important. If you're in school, it is the best time for you to get as much work experience as you can. When I got my first job, um, I heard the audition on radio and by the time I'd gotten there, they'd already closed the auditions and they weren't interviewing any other potential presenters. But because university, I worked in so many different places. I literally had about two pages of work experience to present to them and they were like, okay. <laughs> I had no, how can I say, I had no professional experience. No, none of these places at actually paid me a salary, but I could still write their names down and references. So it, 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 gave, me, um, it gave me an edge. It gave me an advantage when it came to applying for jobs. Then be persistent and be consistent as well. You might get a no. Everybody in the industry has got a no in one, one stage of their lives. And we still get no's as well. When you're an actor, you might not always get the job you audition for. It doesn't mean you're not good enough. It just means that this role was not for you, but keep on pushing and keep on trying. Um, however way you can get your foot in the door and bit, because you never know what it's going to do for you. I know at BSFM, we've had some interns who worked at the- Hey, nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I lost you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I was saying, I know some interns who, were, who worked at Beat Them and they weren't paid a dime, but they gave this their all. They worked hard and they were later hired um, by the company. Um, so whatever opportunity you get, do your best, give it your all. Even if you think it's crumbs, you never know who's watching you. Sure. Well, Ms. Lamy, thank you very much for hopping on The Voice of Africa and telling us your story. Um, I really Thanks for having me. You and I'm sure people will as well. Same here. Yeah. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey there. We hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you did, make sure you subscribe to our channel and leave a review. And if you already have, 
share this interview with anyone who might be inspired by it. Also, you can send us a review on how to serve you best. Join us in our next podcast where we discuss more relevant issues in regards to Africans and Africa as a whole, and how we may better our already bountiful home. Catch you in the next episode.